Hey, hon, how's it going? Long time no talk. You know how it is. Busy, busy, busy. Your kids are so cute, by the way. Anyway, I wanted to let you know about an amazing opportunity to make money without ever leaving the house or even working. I swear it is so easy. I have space for just three women to join my team this month, and I think you'd be perfect. Ew, right? If you've ever gotten a message like this, I think you're going to love today's interview. Let's get into it. Hello, gorgeous. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School, the podcast that gives real life style advice to real life women. If you're new here, welcome. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary. I'm a wardrobe stylist who's been dressing everyday women for over 20 years, and I'm the founder of Everyday Style, where we're on a mission to inspire women to love the way they look and give you the tools to make getting dressed easy. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you stick around after this one. We are finishing, I can't believe it, we're finishing our summer interview series this week with Emily Paulson, who is the author of the new book, Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and the Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. Mm -hmm. Today might ruffle some feathers, and please believe me when I say that I don't take that lightly. You all know me. You know I'm not here to be controversial or to make people feel bad or to rain on your boss babe parade. Trust me when I tell you that no one is a bigger supporter of women owning their own businesses than I am. I am a small business bully. I want every single woman to start a business doing something she's just incredible at. But I have a lot of issues with the direct sales, MLM, network marketing, multi-level marketing, social selling, whatever you want to call it, business model. And I've been wanting to have this conversation for ages, but it's just taken me a really long time to get up the courage to ruffle some feathers in service of the greater good. But I did it and we're doing it. The reason I wanted to have this conversation is that since I started training and certifying stylists through our style network, I've talked to a lot of women about starting their own businesses. And one thing that has really stuck with me is the impression this type of business model has left on women in terms of what owning and growing a business really looks like. And this is from women who have been a part of a direct sales company, as well as women who have just seen it from the outside, who have gotten those kinds of messages. And I got to tell you, it's not good. It's not good. And as a woman who sincerely believes that owning your own business is the best way to have it all, it pains me to hear what women believe about starting a business based on what they know or they feel or they've experienced being exposed to this culture. As we get ready to relaunch the Everyday Style Network, I knew it was time to get over my fear of offending people and talk about this in hopes that women who do want to start something of their own won't hold themselves back because they believe they have to send those, hey, hon, messages. You don't have to send those messages. In fact, you should not send those messages. But that's my goal with this episode. And maybe also to have just a little vindication after being a completely unsuccessful consultant with two MLM companies. Yep, I have been there too. I have done my time. 
And if you're in a direct sales business, I really want you to hear me say this. It is not about you, the consultant. It's about the company and the business model as a whole. I love you and I support you. I'm not going to buy your products and you absolutely cannot promote your business in my spaces, but I love you and we can still be friends and I hope you feel that same way. Also, if you're in a direct sales business and you think this doesn't apply to me, my company isn't like this, great, fantastic, I am happy for you. I fully admit that some women do make money this way. I acknowledge that this works for some people. Again, we're talking about the model as a whole. And if you want to DM me and tell me how your situation is different, I look forward to reading it. I love your stories. If you want to say my feelings are just because I'm a hater who couldn't hack it and failed twice, that's totally fine. But what I will tell you is that I am equally as scarred by seeing my friends in direct sales companies who were making a lot of money have it all taken away when their companies closed with no warnings. I'm, I'm equally as, as affected by that as I am my own experiences and failures. To me, those experiences are way, way worse. So I encourage you to listen all the way through before sending me your strongly worded DMs. And if you still feel like your words might change my mind or you have something that you want to get off your chest, head to Instagram, Everyday Style with Jen, have at it. I'd love to hear it. If you decide never to listen again because I don't support that business model and I won't host a party for you or I won't join your team, I fully understand. Just know that I still love you. All right, let's do this. But before we do, let's meet today's guest. Emily Paulson is the author of two books, including Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and The Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. In it, she shares the story of how she signed up for the sisterhood, free cars, and promise of a successful business of her own. After making well over a million dollars at one of the top MLMs, she realized what she really had were burned bridges, broken friendships, and an unsustainable schedule. Now she's speaking out to spark change and bring a new perspective to the cultural epidemic of MLMs. Emily has also been featured in notable spaces such as The Today Show, New York Times, Washington Post, Next Question with Katie Couric, and The Tamron Hall Show. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the Everyday Style School. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is such a pleasure. I can't even tell you. Before we hit record, we were just chatting a little bit about how important I think this conversation is. I do want to say, though, I'm not bashing any woman who is doing direct sales, network marketing, multi-level marketing, whatever you want to call it. I have been there. I've been there twice, right? I think the concept and the model as a whole is not great, but I just want to be really clear that we're not bashing anybody who is currently doing it, right? I, 100%. So you can save your angry emails, ladies, or you can send them. <laughs> that's cool too. So can you share a little bit about your experience with MLMs? Yeah. So I was a stay-at-home mom. You know, I'd been out of the workforce for a really long time because, you know, my husband had the higher paying job. It just made sense for me to be the one who stayed home. I was very happy with that. But once I was done having kids, I felt this need. I wanted to contribute in some way. I, I just felt like I wanted something other than just like changing diapers and I wanted acknowledgement and I wanted accolades. You know, I just had that desire for something for myself and to contribute financially. Yeah. So a friend reached out to me, you know, an acquaintance from high school which is how these always come in, it's right? always an acquaintance it's, from high school. Yep. 
through a Facebook message. And um, she was like, hey, do you want to, I'm meeting some colleagues. Uh, and I knew she was in one of those things. I didn't really understand multi-level marketing. I knew she was in the thing that she posted about on social media, whatever. And she's like, I'm coming to your town. I'm meeting people. I'd love, you know, do you want to join us for wine? And to be honest, like she could have been doing anything, selling anything, meeting for anything. I was like, a night out? Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Like, so, uh, you know, I'm like, yes, I want to be out. I want to go grab wine with you, person I haven't seen for a long time. So I meet her out, you know, we have wine and it is a meeting of boss babes. You know, it's her and her work colleagues. Mm -hmm. There's products out on the table. And I was kind of like, oh, this is weird. But also like, it's an escape. Look at all these nice people. They were all super nice, friendly. They seemed like they're successful. My friend who invited me seemed like she was making lots of money. I saw on social media, she was going on trips. And then it was like these products that I was like, these could be fun. So it was almost like I was delivered this package of the things I was hoping for, I was like, gosh, this might be it. And I signed up that day. And then what? <laughs> so then <laughs> I drank the Kool-Aid hard. Yeah. I really, I, I think I was so ignorant to what MLMs even were that that worked for me in a way um, because I just did everything that my upline, the, the friend who I joined, um, which if you don't understand multi-level marketing, I know you do, but if your listeners are like, what do you mean? That's what multi-level marketing is. You join a person and then you get other people to join you. It's about recruiting. So she basically coached me on what to do. Like, here's the people you reach out to. Here's what to say. And I did those things. I reached out to friends and family and I, you know, again, I was a person who had a husband with a full-time job, I had money to spend on products. I also had a network of women who had money to spend on products. And it just so happened that this particular company, these particular products weren't really in my area yet. And so a lot of people were like, cool, I like you just like I did. I liked her. I, I'll buy what she's selling. They bought what I was selling. So I became seemingly successful very quickly. I had a lot of people joining me. And even though I was spending a lot of money, uh, which you do, you have to spend a lot of money in these things. I was just, I was, I was given what I wanted. I was given accolades. I was all of a sudden on all these top 10 lists. I was being tagged on social media. I was being asked to speak at things. It was just all of a sudden it was this like, wow, this, it was just so heartwarming. And I, I just can't tell you how that felt at that time when, again, I was in this place where I was feeling really lost and alone. And here I was with this community and this purpose and this potential for income. And so I escalated very quickly. I believed in this business model. I believed in the company and I believed that anybody else could do the same thing. You know, I followed the system I became successful. They follow the system. They become successful. After a while doing this, nobody else was succeeding. And, you know, come to find out after researching it, you know, much later, like, oh, it's because mathematically they couldn't because I had already yeah. tapped the market, <laughs> saturated the town, right? Um, you know, these things can't be successful for everybody. So over the years, I, I, I began to question the things I was told and you know, very, very long story short, I, I did end up leaving because I just couldn't, 
I couldn't be complicit in this system anymore. I just learned a lot of harmful things about it, which is why I wrote a book about it. So very long story, very short story, should be long, but yeah. No, I, I, we could go into just that forever. I think this is interesting. I do want to back up real quick. For those who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, MLM, direct sales, network marketing, these are all those, it's like home, co- home party companies, right? Yes. Where you go to a party or now you can just have a party online, which right. honestly, not being with people to me just defeats the entire purpose. Like that's the only reason to go to anything, right? Just to leave my house and be around people. But, and then, you know, they sell you their thing and then they sell you the, hey, come join my team and sell my candles, jewelry, skincare, whatever it is. And so that's the terminology. If we use direct sales, network marketing, MLM, it's all the same. And then there's pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Is so there a difference? MLMs are pyramid schemes with products. That's okay. really the difference. The difference is that they are allowed to remain in operation because they have a product. And this is something that as an MLM rep, I would say is like, oh, we're no different than Amazon. We're no different than Sephora. We just sell a product in exchange for money. Well, that's not true because the majority of the sales come from the people who buy into the scheme. The majority of the sales are from consultants, not from consumers. And the money's in recruiting people. And I think the technical definition is pyramid scheme. Most of the money comes from just consultants buying their own product, right? Like it never gets to an end user. And yes, that is a very, I think that's a really gray, gray area. I don't know if you know the website, The Pink Truth. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm obsessed. It, it, sorry, my Mary Kay ladies, I love you. I do, but it, I, I go down Pink Truth rabbit holes all the time and it's so fascinating to me. As you were talking though, about your story, I realized, because I listened to a lot of, um, I listened to Roberta Blevins' Life After MLM podcast, which I adore. And she interviews all these people who were top in their company and getting all the accolades. And I was like, that was never me. I have the opposite story. Like, man, I struggled hard, 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 hard. And I realized as you were talking, it's because I always thought the model was BS. I always was like, no, I don't want to have a party. And because I didn't want to have a party for anyone, I never wanted to ask anyone else to have a party. Mm-hmm. When I joined the jewelry company that I joined, it was because I wanted to leave the house. I wanted a little something for myself, a little walking around money, as we would say, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't go back to work. I was pregnant with my second. Like, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, I have a skill in dressing people. I'll dress people with jewelry. And that was my talent. That was my skill. And one thing in these trainings, they teach you be replicatable, right? Like everything you say, someone, something else should be able to, to say. Because if you're too good, they say they can't see themselves doing that. And this goes against everything I believe about women. I believe women are really, really good at things. But to have to dull your light so somebody else thinks they could do it, no. Then the people who would come to a jewelry party weren't getting the best. Okay, I know how to dress your body shape with jewelry, but I'm not going to tell you because I want someone else to sign up. Like to me, I, I can't, I could never, ever, ever do that. So you just solved the issue of why I was never successful. So thank you. Yeah, well, yeah. 
And the reality is 99.7% of people aren't successful. So the reason that you think like, oh, I was just one of the people who didn't, like most people don't. And it's drowned out by these 0.1% stories that you see on social media that are shared, that are replicated. And that's just not the reality. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Do you have any stats on on how successful people aren't? I know I was looking at like one of those nail wrap companies and the average consultant who makes any money. And that's, I mean, like I think 75% of their people don't even make anything, but the average one who makes money makes about $14 a month. (laughs) Right. Right. So there's a reason why, you know, the income disclosures from these MLM companies are really vague. Yeah. And they'll be talked away too. So even if you do go look at the income disclosure, the person you're signing up with will be like, oh, don't pay attention to that because so many people sign up just for the discount. Like it'll be uh, any kind of objection that you might have is already squashed before you can even ask it. But the reality is if most people are joining just for the discount, where's the money from the MLM coming from? People who are buying, you know, it's just, it, it goes into the, all the other, other things. It's like, that's obviously a pyramid scheme. But anyway, you know, it, the industry stats are MLMs have a 99.7% loss rate. Loss. And the reason this is, is again, when you join one of these companies, you have to buy the business kit. So, you know, like I bought the $1,000 product kit yeah. when I joined, yeah. right? And so most people, that's where it ends. Most people buy it, whether they planned on selling or not. They have lost their money. And people can say, oh, well, they'll use the products. It doesn't matter. The company has their money. And this hope that you could potentially make money, why would you buy into this scheme if you didn't want to sell it? Like, Why is it packaged in a way that, that as a consumer, you would purchase and become a consultant, right? Regardless, 99.7% loss rate, all MLMs. So people who say like, oh, no, it's not my company, not my company. It's all of them. It's all of them. And it's a $180 billion industry. Billion with a B. Wow. Wow. So again, they're legal pyramid schemes and they're legal because the government supports them and protects them because they get money from them. Like even the UN gets money from MLMs. So- there is no financial benefit for them to get shut down by the government, right? Mm. And the people who are making money are the people at the top, which are the very few top income earners in the pyramid and the CEOs, right? So these are very profitable for the corporations, right? The, The MLM corporations are very profitable, but the people who are supporting it, you know, it's this women's empowerment ruse, all these women are all losing money so the people at the top of the corporation can make money. Mm. Mm. I feel like this, maybe this isn't common knowledge. Maybe it isn't. Maybe when somebody goes to one of those parties or, you know, they get that, hey, hun, DM, I feel like, don't we know, don't we know by now that you're not going to be a millionaire selling shakes or jewelry or candles or whatever it is out there right now. Don't we know? Don't we know by now? And why are we continuing to follow for this? I do think consumer awareness is getting better, but I think the reason that people still fall from that for them is because they prey on vulnerability and they prey on hope. Mm. And if your hope is strong enough, logic will lose. You will be willing to look past the income disclosures. You'll be willing to believe only the 1% stories 
that are recycled and they, they are the ones that are amplified. So it seems like more people are doing well than they really are, right? And even those 1% stories, me for an example, I was a million dollar earner. That, that was my title. I was a million dollar earner. Did I have millions of dollars in the bank? No. That meant, you know, I made a million dollars over six years, which isn't a millionaire. And that's before taxes. And that's before what I was spending. And that included all the gifts, trips, bonuses that I ever received. It's not really what it looks like. So even the people who were being amplified, it wasn't truth. So you're not, first of all, given the information you need. The people who are asking you to join these things are your friends, your friends, your family, who you like, know, and trust. So you look at that and then you see that every MLM package it's itself as a way to fix your pain points. So, oh, I'm a I'm a stay-at-home mom and I can't afford childcare. Oh, here's an MLM. I, you know, I want to lose the baby weight, right? How many of them to oh, well, here's this supplement and you should join for the discount. You know, I'm lonely. Oh, here's a community. They'll fit themselves as a puzzle piece in in whatever you're missing. So it's that combination that, yeah, they're very intoxicating. And one of the biggest issues I have with MLMs is they talk about how easy it is. Oh, you just have to share with your friends. It's not even selling at all. You just have to share with your friends. As a person who has started a business from the ground up, I can tell you it's not easy. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Every single day it is worth it. Everything I get to do, everything I've accomplished is totally worth it, but it's not easy. And if we want to sell this idea that you're a business owner, which we're going to get into in a little bit, because guess what? No, you're not. We have to stop selling the idea that it's easy because I think that really, when you get in, you find it's not easy. You feel like, oh, it's me. Mm-hmm. If everybody else is doing well. It's just me. For some reason, it's not easy for me to do. And that's, that's just a big lie. It's really not easy for anyone. I mean, when you were a million dollar earner, how hard were you working? How many hours were you working? Oh, you're never not working. Yep. And, and again, this is where those things you're sold, like, uh, you know, be your own boss, join for, you know, for financial freedom, time freedom, Time freedom is not having to be on your phone all the time. That's not what that means. And you're never encouraged to keep track of the time you're working, your expenses, anything like that. Because if you did, you'd realize how little you were making like per hour. But if they didn't say, oh, this is easy, anyone can do it, nobody would do it. And, and, And I think the hard part is that in a true business, like, you know, you started your own business, you work hard and those the fruits of those labors come back to you, right? But MLMs don't acknowledge any socioeconomic differences. It's not even like pull yourself up by the bootstraps capitalism. It's this meritocracy where you can do it if you achieve, if you succeed, if you work hard. And yet it actually has nothing to do with that. It has to do with how many people do you know who have money who are willing to spend money on this? How many people do they know who have money? And and statistically, that can't work for everybody because an area becomes saturated really quickly. But where they really keep this going is that they tell people, it's up to you. It's your hard work. So then when you do inevitably fail, who do you have to blame? Yep. Yourself, because it's up to you, right? Yeah. 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 You talk a lot about toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. 
I think that is just rampant in MLMs. Can you share a little bit about what that means and how it applies in MLMs? Yeah, I mean, it is just that it's it's the meritocracy. It's the MLMs take the worst parts of capitalism <laughs> and bastardize them, right? Again, it's all up to you. Manifest your own destiny. So you're sold this aspiration. And the results will not happen because 99.7% of people, again, don't make money. And when you don't, you know, you're not told to do a profit loss statement. You're not told to keep track of how much you're spending. So when you do fail, quit or leave, who do you have to blame but yourself? That's what keeps people more stuck in this is that you're told, God, just keep going. Just keep going. You're almost there. You only fail if you quit. And so you have the sunk cost fallacy. Like I spent so much time with these people. I spent so much money. How can I not keep trying? And then the other thing is you've sucked yourself more into this insular world that, well, now I've pushed away my friends and family who don't want to buy stuff from me. And now all these people are supporting me. What happens if I leave? I need to have something to show for this. And so people will keep dumping money into the system. And then they're told like, just stay positive. Don't look at the negative stuff. Don't listen to the haters. Don't all of that just keeps you thinking, well, it must be my fault. And if I'm not making it, oh, here's a personal development book. Here's a something to read. Here's a, a you know, a something to go watch on a, a YouTube live to watch. Here's a whatever. You're, there's this endless stream of personal development stuff to make you feel like it's me, it's me, it's yeah. me. What they never teach you to do is actually grow a business. Mm-hmm. No. I mean, that is never, ever, ever taught. One of the first things we teach in our stylist training is how to get clients, how to get your name out there. When I started my direct sales, I know you're supposed to make a list of like 50 people you know. I lived a thousand miles away from my family. The person who recruited me into the jewelry business, one of my best friends, she was in the same mom's group. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a very insular world. I didn't know anyone. My husband isn't like this social guy who's out. I had nobody. I didn't know how to find anybody new. And the advice was always, just keep trying, just keep going, just keep going. So one of the first things we do is like, here are 10 ways to get your name out there, to find clients. And we were chatting before we hit record. This is what I hear from people all the time who want to start a styling business. And they say, but I don't have a lot of friends and family. Good, fine. You know who my worst clients have been? <laughs> Love you, friends and family, but my friends and family, right? I yeah. don't want to work with my friends and family. And if I were starting a restaurant, I wouldn't be like, well, I don't have a lot of friends and family to come eat at my restaurant every day. I would say, no, I need people I don't know. But it's like, this is the only thing they know. It's all they know. Harass your friends and family. Mm-hmm until you no longer have good relationships with your friends and family. Right. Can you talk a little bit about the damage that MLMs do to your personal relationships? I mean, I think you you really described it well, right? You are you're told from the beginning target your friends and family. Who are the people who would buy anything from you? So, you start there and it and you know, that's fine. Like we all have the mom and the, or the sister or the aunt who would buy our Girl Scout cookies and buy, you know, all of our fundraisers and mm-hmm. give money to our tennis team. Right. But then you've kind of sucked them into this MLM scheme where you're constantly targeting them. Right. The other thing that happens is you're, you're really told and you really believe, I mean, I believe this to be true that I was offering a gift to people. 
Yeah. Like I thought the products I had were the best. I thought the company was the best. So you feel like you're doing a good thing. So even when you're making people feel uncomfortable, maybe you're making them buy something they don't want. Um, you know, you feel like you're doing a good thing. So when people distance themselves from you, it's like, well, I'm doing the good thing. And then I'm in this MLM with these women who are also doing a good thing, who are love bombing me, who are my friends. It can further make you feel like your friends and family outside of this commercial cults are not supportive. And it can further, Mm. you know, make that cognitive dissonance that I know what I'm doing is good. And these people understand and these people don't, they just don't understand. So you just get deeper and deeper. Yep into that little group. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the women in the, in the business that I was in, they were such good people. Oh, totally. They were such good people. And that's why I don't want this com- conversation to come across as I'm bashing them because I believe that they are some of the best hearted people I've ever known. Mm-hmm. But when you start with a system that is so broken, yeah. that is so problematic, your goodness just kind of, it's not used for good. Absolutely. I mean, everybody, nobody says, I want to wake up today and scam people. You know, I want to wake up today and lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. There are. If you watch the fire, if you watch the fire fest documentary. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I know. And Anna (laughs) Delvey and all those things. Yes. But I would say in MLMs, you know, again, I joined because I wanted to help myself and my family. I wanted to have more money for my kids. I wanted to Mm -hmm. have time. I wanted to contribute I wanted to better society. Like everybody who joins these things, and I offered that to other people because I'm like, I really thought I was doing something good. And everybody who I ever met in the MLM who I brought in or person who brought me in, it, it, it's from a place, the intention is so good. So I, you know, I, I, I think people in MLMs, again, very smart, very helpful, wonderful people join these things because they are sold as a way to do good, even when they're doing, doing very, very bad problematic things. So I have this rule that if you're a friend of mine on Facebook and you talk about your MLM a lot, because every once in a while I'll post about my business, you know, Mm -hmm. it's part of my life. But if that's your outlet for your MLM, I hide you. Sorry, friends, if you're listening to this and I haven't liked any of your stuff for a long time and you're an MLMer, it's probably because I hid you. I didn't realize that a good friend of mine had lost both of her parents in a year. Mm. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. But then I realized like the damage was because I, she couldn't just be a person anymore. And mm. if I liked anything, it was like, hey, do you want to try this new drink shake? cream, whatever it was. No, I just want to have a relationship with you. I want to see your kids first day of school pictures. You know, I want to know when your parents pass away. And I think that we just don't realize how, how damaging it can be when you start to look at all of your friends and family as a mark. Mm -hmm. And not just your friends, not just your friends and family, but because you're Everyone, everyone becomes a dollar sign and it, without even realizing it under this guise of, oh gosh, she, she could really benefit she from this. this. She needs this. Oh my gosh, she could be amazing. She'd be the best jewelry salesperson. Yes. But you're right. It's about seeing people as dollar signs. Last night, as I was kind of preparing for this interview, I was looking on Reddit and I was looking at some MLM memes and I found one. It was a coffee shop. 
that had this no MLM sign. If we see you approaching our customers about your MLM, you will be kicked out. (laughs) And I loved it so hard because one of the only like outside of bug your friends and family was go to coffee shops, compliment people on their shoes, strike up a conversation at Target. Yep. Sit next to the person on the plane and start talking. Everything was a selling point. Everything. That's so exhausting. It is is exhausting. And that's where the unpaid labor comes in. And I think that's an important thing to say is all of this work is unpaid. You know, there's the potential for income, but the work is you, you are not being paid for the work you're doing. You, in fact, you're paying, (laughs) you're paying to buy this business kit and then you're posting a social media, you're calling your friends, you're sending DMS, you're going to these retention events. None of that is paid. And, And it's like, we're already so used to, as women, our unpaid labor is so exploited to begin with, especially moms. Moms are the target of these schemes that we don't pay attention. We don't notice. We are so used to doing that. And I fell right into it. I mean, I obviously eventually earned money, but the work is not paid. The work is not paid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there is a certain amount of that in, in starting a business. That one I will grant, like... You know, especially I think in this new work from home culture, there's there's very little delineation between when I am working and when I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, even this morning, my doors are open. My kids have been in here 10 times. Am I working? Am I not? Am I, mm-hmm. You know, but I'll be responding to something on a weekend. Am I working or am I not? But I do feel like when it's your own, it's a little bit different. That's the when difference. When it's your own. Mm-hmm. Nobody has the ability to take this business away from me except me. Mm-hmm. That and and when I hear people involved in direct sales and multi-level marketing saying they're business owners, it just oh eats my mm-hmm. soul because you're not. And I have seen a, a few friends be pretty high up in their MLMs and they have big, big downlines. And then their companies go out of business. Yep. If that can happen to you, if the rug can be pulled out from under you through none of your doing, no fault of your own, that's not your own business. No. And we got to stop selling that false dream. Yes. So like small business Saturday and MLMs always try and involve themselves. No. I mean, you're not the CEO of a company that already has a CEO. So, you know, be your own boss. It's a total logical fallacy. And you're right. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm home. I'm, you know, am I working? Am I not working? Well, guess what? Like you decide your products, you decide your time. I didn't get a choice in whether I had to send DMs or what, like, that's what I had to do. I was told to be successful. I had to do this unpaid work. Did I decide what products I was selling? No. Did I decide what language I could use on social media? No. Did I decide like anything? The pricing of your products, the promotion of your products. No, nothing, nothing. No. And I had to earn, you know, if I'm my own boss, why do I have to earn promotions and stuff like, wouldn't I be the one dictating that? You know what? I could just give myself a promotion right now. Right. So queen of everyday style. Right. It's, it's all uh, just a way to, again, bastardize that idea of anyone can do this. You're empowered. You're an empowered woman. When in reality, you're a 1099 contractor Mm -hmm. for a huge corporation 
run by a white man. And that's the and, and why the reason that that's so poignant is that MLMs malign corporations. Like, yes, say no to the man. Don't work a nine to five. You know, don't. Uh, you know, corporations are the real pyramid scheme. Every MLM's a corporation. Yeah. So it's that yeah. just cognitive dissonance that people don't even realize what they're saying because they're t- again they're told what to post on social media. It's the whole be your own boss thing is like oh it it's it's so the opposite of that. And it's be your own boss, but also don't treat it as a business. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can have one or the other. Yeah. We can have one or the other. But I, the other thing I always loved is work in the nooks and crannies. Oh, God. I hate that so much. No, that just means work all the time. It right. means have your phone available all the time, you know, be available all the time, you know, work while you're on vacation, work yeah. while you're in the hospital. <laughs> No, thank you. So for those of you who do not know, work in the nooks and crannies means you're so busy, you're probably home with your kids that you don't ever have like a good chunk of time that you can dedicate to work. So you just work in the nooks and crannies. You know, you can be making calls or sending messages while you're in the preschool pickup line. But you know what happens when you do that is that your kid gets in the car and you're still in the middle of a message and your kid wants to tell you about their day and you're like, no, hold on, just one minute, just wait. And then you're you're irritated with your child. And listen, I am not one of those moms who is like, put your phone away forever and ever and just focus on your children. Look, I work. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that I can go to the pool in the middle of the day is because I have chosen this life, but sometimes that means I work at the pool. But when you are constantly working all the time in those nooks and crannies, you're not momming well and you're not working well either. And I think it just sets you up to feel like a failure on the hamster wheel all the time, all the time. Instead of, you know what? You have five minutes of peace in the preschool pickup line. Put on a song that makes you happy. Listen to, you know, a motivational podcast about how to get through the rest of the day or sit in silence for five minutes and do nothing because that's probably better for you than anything else. Then you have the mental energy for that kid that wants to come in and ask 20 questions in the first two minutes or to to work later on. But this idea of just always being on is so exhausting to me and it's not productive and it'll never lead to success. It just leads to burnout. Yeah. And and I think because, again, MLMs are sold to like women who have jobs like, oh, you know, do this so you can spend more time at home with your family or or, or to stay at home moms to be like, oh, have more time for um, money or, you know, have more money so you can do more things with your family. So like this thing that I joined to have more moments with my family, I missed first days of school because I had, I went to these conventions. I missed little things because I was always on my phone. So the results don't match up to what you think you're doing. And again, that comes from that intention. My intention's very good, but here's what it really looks like. Yeah. Can we go back to Small Business Saturday for a minute? Yeah. (laughs) Because I have such visceral anger about it. And it's funny, the universe delivered something to me yesterday. I was in my neighborhood Facebook group, which that's just fun, right? Neighborhood Facebook groups are amazing. But someone had posted she needed to sell spatulas so you can figure out what company it was. Um, (laughs) to hit her goal by the end of the month. Please help me hit my goal. And as a business owner who is so focused on delivering value to people, I just, and I I had to like step away. Don't be the keyboard warrior. This is not a hill to die on, Jennifer. But my business is is successful 
because I help people reach their goals. Everyone listening to this and every member of our membership does not have to worry about me reaching my goals. Yep. I think if I help them reach theirs, I reach mine. Mm -hmm. But buy my thing to help me get a trip. I don't care. I don't care if you're going to Aruba or not. What And that meme on Small Business Saturday, you're not helping a CEO buy his second yacht. First of all, yes, you are. Yeah, you are. You, you are actually. You're helping a mom give her kid dance lessons, blah, blah, blah. Everyone listening to this, don't worry about how I'm paying for dance lessons. We're good. Don't worry about what 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 we're doing. Buy my thing because it helps you. Buy it because it helps you. This idea that any business relationship is to help the business owner reach their goals. What on earth? Like it is so stomach turning to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't even participate anymore. I just I walk. Well, away. and 100% support small businesses. 100%. Yes, 100%. Right? But it, that that language and that I think we need to reevaluate what we believe is support. Because again, women in MLMs, that that saying like, oh, support your friend and pay for her kids' dance lessons, buying that spatula is not giving her money. Buying that spatula is putting a couple of cents in her pocket. That upline who you don't know is making money, their upline, their upline, their upline, and the parent company is profiting the most. So if you want to support your friend who's selling spatulas, if you want to support your friend trying to get dance lessons for her kids buy your dance lessons for our kids or take her out to lunch or what, like ask yourself, how do I want to support this friend? How do I want to support this business? Because what you think is supportive might not be supportive. Throwing a party for your friend to support them will keep them more roped into this insular world. They'll get very little money from it. They'll be grinding their ass off. Like you're not being supportive. So I think that's a really good point. And again, that whole small business thing is like, why do I want to support this small business? Well, I want this bookstore in my community. You know what I mean? I want these clothes to look good on me. I want whatever the small business is. You know, ask yourself, where is your money really going? Who are you really supporting? Yeah. Sorry, Pam. I'm not going to help you get to Disney. I'm just not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. I don't need another spatula. Even the spatulas are great. Can I just say I think the spatulas are amazing? Sure. I just won't participate. I'm sure the mascara is great. I'm sure some of these products might be fantastic. I I will just never know because I just won't do it anymore. And you're right. Go to that small bookstore. Go to that locally owned coffee shop. Work with a registered dietitian or you know a nutrition coach in your area if that's what you want to do and support that. But we have to stop this idea that a it's any consumer's goal to help a business reach their goals. Mm-mm, it's the other way around. And b buying these things is helping that quote unquote small business owner because it just it just isn't. It isn't. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. So what was the moment that you realized like, dude, this is not good. I'm not doing good things here. Yeah. I mean, it was lots of little red flags, right? Um, It it was about halfway through my reign in MLM. um, I got sober. And through this experience, uh, I started seeing things I didn't like. I realized how much I was you know, like drunk texting and messaging people when I was a little tipsy or like being a little belligerent and pushy at events, right? Couldn't do those things anymore. Started realizing that people weren't succeeding, even though they were doing all the things that I was telling them to. So I slowly stepped away 
but I was still collecting a check. I was just like, I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm not going to participate anymore. But when the pandemic hit, uh, that was really it for me. I saw a lot of ugliness, a lot of the predatory nature of like trying to get people to use their stimulus money on products or, Hey, you lost your job, you know, here, join this, join my pyramid scheme. Um, just that downright ignorance. And yet I was still earning money and I I just couldn't be involved anymore. I, I walked away at that point because at that point I, it was like, there was no amount of money to keep me associated with that anymore. I think that's incredibly admirable because I think it's very hard to walk away at the top. It's very hard. You know, when you went into this, like, I want to contribute to my family and you are, I want to have this community and you do, but all of the things you wanted couldn't outweigh what you saw happening. And I, I think it's important to note that too, that I also had the privilege of being able to do that because I have a spouse who has, has an income and there are a lot of people who, you know, a lot of people, like the people who get to the top, who they retire their husbands. Oh, can we talk about that? But they get stuck and they can't leave. Right. Okay. So retiring your husband. Oh my God. Let's define it for those who are not familiar with this terrible. Yeah. So we know what retirement means. Retirement is when you're done working and then you get your 401k and you get to spend time with your grandkids, blah, blah, blah. That's not what retiring your husband means in an MLM. Retiring your husband means you're now making a good enough income that he can leave his job and now work with you in the MLM. So he's not retired. He's still working. Oh, totally. Totally. You know, he's now traveling with you and he's now posting on social media with you. And now this is a selling point. I retired my husband. And this accomplishes a couple of things. It it looks really good, right? It looks really good to other people. Again, it's aspirational. Wow, she must make a lot of money if she retired her husband, right? It also gets you more sucked into that world. Now, where do you go? You don't have a 401k anymore. You don't have health insurance anymore. You don't have paid protection and, you know, maternity leave or anything like that. Like you are all in. And so you have no choice but to now like grind in this MLM. I think the LuLaRoe documentary, the Lula Rich, mm-hmm. really does a great job of, of talking about the whole retire your husband thing because they were, yeah. and I even know a few people who quote unquote retired their husband. I just hate that phrase so much. It's awful. And, it. and it's so heteronormative, right? It's not retired your spouse. It's not retire your partner, retire your husband. That's the saying. Yes. But I also think if I, when I made the decision to stay home and, you know, raise our children, my, my husband didn't walk around bragging that he had retired his wife. No. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that would have been so insulting. And I feel like if I walked around lording it over my husband that I made so much money that he didn't have to go to his job anymore, I find it, it's gross and it's, it's condescending. And first of all, husband, if you're listening to this, you can never retire. You work for the government. We have amazing benefits and (laughs) even though he would be the much better stay-at-home dad. Yeah. So many people have heard me say on the show, I started a business because I was a stay-at-home mom and I'm not a great stay-at-home mom. So I started this direct sales thing. The only thing I'm worse at than being a stay-at-home mom is being a direct salesperson. Like I'm terrible at that. He would be the better stay-at-home parent. But no, if he chose not to work anymore, 
it would just be, he's not doing that anymore. And I, sometimes I sit and I think about like, what could he do in my business? So my husband does math for the government. Yeah. (laughs) There is literally nothing. (laughs) And maybe if I had a product, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Maybe if I had a product business and he could ship stuff out, that would be cool. But retire my husband. Oh, it's such a gross phrase to me. Yeah. And I, and I talk about this in the book a lot, that there is a lot of pressure when you do get to that place. Like I was told several times from several people, you know, it looks bad that your husband's still working. What? And yeah, that, well, I must not be making that much money if my husband still has a job. And my husband was always like, that's so stupid. I like what I do. And there's, again, there's no, he was smart. Like there's no health insurance. There's no protections. There's no retirement. Like, why would I quit and join this thing that you're in? Like do whatever you want, but it, it, that the pressure was really high. That's interesting to me because again, let's say we have a high earning spouse. You can have two high earning spouses. To me, that sounds like a really good formula. Why not? Mm -hmm. As long as everybody wants to work and likes what they're doing, that's fantastic. Right. But you're right. I mean, the pressure and when LuLaRoe fell apart, I immediately thought of my friend whose husband had left his very good job, very good job. Now what? Now you have to go back in a tougher market and try to find a very good job mm-hmm. when what you have built your foundation on is so incredibly tenuous. It's yeah. not yours. Anybody can take it away for any reason. And we saw that in the LuLaRoe documentary, which again, I'm obsessed with. <laughs> But that phrase, it just makes me so angry. So angry. I know. know. My husband is retired. Fine. You have a retired husband. I retired my husband. I know. (laughs) It's there's so many cringy things about it. I I dedicate like a half a chapter to it in the book because there's there's so much around it that's just that that ties into just our greater society and how we value women and labor and men and why it's 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 just awful. It is. And it just, to me, sounds so condescending because if my husband ever said, I retired my wife, I'm such a big shot. I retired. What? No, no, no. And if you're working in my business, you are not retired. Get to work. Exactly. You're not retired. Yeah. That's not retirement. Oh uh, yeah. That's one of those phrases. That's, that's one of my, that and the whole small business Saturday thing, they just make my skin crawl. Mm -hmm. So you left your MLM. I assume everyone under you just went up to your upline. Yep. Was there backlash from leaving? So I will say that, you know, one of the good and bad thing, like we talked about is you target your friends and family first, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people I brought in, they were my friends before. And I was very transparent. Once again, once I started seeing things I didn't like, I was very transparent. And I, I was, as I stepped away, I'm like, Hey, this is what I used to believe. This is what I believe now. I don't feel comfortable with this anymore. Like I told my customers, my, my team, I'm stepping away. Like I closed my team Facebook page. And so, so they knew. So when I inevitably left, it was not a surprise to anybody. And it was okay. It was like, you quietly go away and that's fine. Once I said I was publishing a book, that was a different story. It's And it's a very on brand to think that anybody who dissents an MLM is a hater, right? You hear that a lot. They're just a hater. They don't understand. Um, So I understand that knee-jerk reaction. 
But, you know, there's a lot easier ways to hate than like to spend years writing and publishing a book. So like I would have just done a Facebook post if I wanted to just hate. I'll just be a troll on TikTok. Yeah, I know. Did you feel guilty for getting friends and family into it? Yeah. And I mean, that's really one of the reasons I wrote the book, right? Is it's, that's a living amends for me that, Mm. and, and for I think just an educational piece for other people too is like this is what you saw. This what really ha- this is what really happened. And you know, everything I share in the book is my personal experience which is not disputable or publicly available information that anyone can research, but you're not told to in an MLM. In fact, you're encouraged not to. So this is all the information that I was never told to look at, that I was never encouraged to seek out. And I think it's important to have it out there because I could have quietly left and rode into the sunset and never <laughs> said anything, right? Yeah. But but that wouldn't have changed anything. That wouldn't have acknowledged how complicit I was in a system I realized was bad. Um, so I think through this process and, you know, I've made the apologies I've need, needed to and acknowledging the, I have a lot of empathy and grace for that person who thought she was doing something really good. And, and all of the people, and I write this from that place that, Hey, you in an MLM who might be reading this, I know you believe these things too. You were told these things, but here's what's really there. And and what can you do with that information? I think that's, I think that's a fantastic point. And we do have to remember that you didn't go out to scam anybody. You believed you were doing good. You believed, you believed you were selling the dream. You can be a stay-at-home mom. You can contribute to your family. You can retire your husband someday. Maybe not the last one, but you, but you believed all those things were true and possible until you knew different. And so it wasn't like you're not the you're not the fire fest guy. Yeah. Well, and exactly. Well, and and I and I understand backlash because again, you are told that anybody who's saying anything negative, they must not be educated. They must be a hater. You know, if I had seen this book come out you know, 10 years ago, I would have been just so mad, but the overarching message is if hearing someone's like trauma or pain or negative experience, if you believe that impacts you negatively, you're either in denial or you are a part of benefiting from it. Right. Because Mm. you should never feel so strong in your allegiance to anything that someone sharing their real experience would would detract you. Like if you believe in what you're doing, who cares what I have to say? Who cares? Um, so that speaks more volumes, I think, than, um, than anything I'm saying is, is when people react the way they do. And the strongest reactions are honestly from people who have not, and will not read this. It's just the fact that it's out there. Well, that's pretty telling, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So would you like to talk about wine culture in MLMs a little bit? Yeah. So you know, I think this is a cultural societal thing too, is, is alcohol is really sold as like a a social lubrication. Mm -hmm. And for women, it's sold as, you know, drink like the boys, uh, be strong. And, and for moms, it's mommy juice. It's, you know, you need, you need to drink to be a mom. So it's already infused in just being a woman in our culture anyway. And if you are already someone who is using alcohol to cope I was that person. I was using alcohol as an escape. And then you're given a business opportunity, again, lots of air quotes here, where 
alcohol is used to meet clients at these retention events, there's champagne passed around. If you're already a person escaping with alcohol, that's just going to be a snowball, right? Because the more I drank, the more I sold because the more people I was, would be willing to talk to, like the beer goggles were on. It was, you know, I, I was less inhibited. Right. And you know, the more I drank, the more I would escape, the more it was just, it, it was, it totally fed on itself. So I think there is this culture that, you know, you're going to be, you know, we're selling fun, we're selling an escape, we're selling, uh, you know, letting loose. And it really plays in just this wine mom culture we have anyway. So the first MLM I joined was, um, it was a conservative Christian business. Mm -hmm. And there was a rule that you could not have alcohol at home parties. Oh, wow. And so many people would not have home parties because of that. Yeah, which is sort of the same side, you know, the totally. opposite side of the same coin. And you know, as consultants, we'd be like, just ignore that one, just ignore that one. I mean, first of all, I didn't feel comfortable telling people what they could or couldn't do in their own home, right? But that was that was a lot. That was a lot. And I don't know, have you ever seen the Saturday Night Live skit? And it's a group of women, and I think it's a birthday party with the signs. Yes, the totally. Sign. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And so for, I'll just describe it for those listening. The they're having a birthday party and the the birthday girl opens a first gift and it's like, it's wine o'clock somewhere. It's, you know, one of those cute little wooden signs. And then every gift is a sign and it's, they're all about drinking, but they just get progressively worse, worse. and worse. And it's like, I'm an alcoholic who sleeps under the porch. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, I just thought that was like such a great mirror, you know, to how available and how, I, didn't, I, I don't know the right word, but just like, in order to have a good time, there has to be wine there. Or in yeah, well, order to marketing. cope, I need, yes, in order it's, to cope, I need wine. In order to get through the day with my kids, I need wine. Yeah. Now, there have been it, some days where, yeah, it's nice to end the day with a glass of wine, but, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe not to the point where my sippy cup is actually full of wine, you know, or right. my, my Stanley tumbler is not, is not water. <laughs> Yeah. I think it's the same marketing that makes us think that these things are n benign and not insidious, yes. right? The yes. same mark, the same marketing that makes you think MLMs are no big deal and they're fun and they're empowering. It's the same marketing that makes you think you need to drink to be a parent. It's just the mm -hmm. same. It's marketing. It's marketing 101. Let's find exactly. what women are doing and what women need. Let's find their pain points and let's sell stuff, right? And put it on a pink sign in a cute font. Uh-huh. Yep. And now we can, now we can giggle about it and celebrate it instead of saying, wait, no, wait, no, I'm not actually a boss mom. Yeah. I'm, I'm working my butt off for nothing and feeling bad about myself or, you know, wait, the fact that I do need to have drinks at noon to handle my toddlers probably means maybe I should look at some preschool options, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> instead of yeah. saying that's not this is, this isn't okay. This isn't okay. And look, you want to have a glass of wine. I'm not disparaging any, anybody at all. I, every now, I, I'm not a huge drinker, whatever, but it's different if you feel that that is, you have to have that to have fun. You have to have that to run a business. You have to have that to have a successful home party. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks to 
when you are wanting to do these things, when you're wanting to go into these MLMs and you, you see, it, or you, you want to have the drink or whatever it is that you're ask yourself what you really need. So if you're like, oh, I need a drink. Well, actually, what do I really need? Do I need a break? Do I need a nap? Do I need to walk around the block? Same thing with MLMs. Like, oh, I really want to join this because, oh, why? I need money. Okay, let's look at some ways where you can make money that aren't predatory and you don't have to spend money to go in them. Yes. Um, you want a community? Let's go look for a meetup group. You want, you know, whatever. It's like, ask yourself what's behind that first and yes. find a way to fill that need that is not in some damaging, poisonous, predatory way. I was at a networking luncheon. I had just started my own business and it was like, you know, go around the room, say why you started your business. And it was a networking group that allowed MLMs. I don't do those anymore because I don't want to go home with a catalog. I want to go home with a partnership or, hey, how can we work together? Or what tools are you using right now that are working? I, I want information and connection. But every single woman except me stood up and was like, I just wanted to get out of the house and have fun with my girlfriends and blah, blah, blah. And they got to me and I was like, look, I'm on team green. I don't want to go back to work in a full-time capacity. I want to be home with my kids. I have a skill that very few people have. Yeah. And I love, I love women making feel good about themselves. So I'm going to use those to be on team green, but my business is a business. And everyone was kind of like, she just said that out loud. Oh yeah. That she she's in business. Part out she, loud. Right? She's in business for herself. And as they were all talking about how much fun it was, I thought about one of the last home parties I did as a jewelry person. And it was a fundraiser for, for someone. Mm. I was eight and a half months pregnant. And I am lugging a six-foot table and about, I don't know, 80 pounds full of jewelry and trays and cards and fun games. And, you know, the husband is sitting on the couch watching me eight and a half months pregnant, schlepping all this stuff. And I thought, I went back and I remembered that. And I thought that was not a night with my girlfriends. I was tired. I really wanted to be at home. Like that was none of those things. Mm -hmm. That was none of those things. And, you know, looking at back on working one-on-one -on -one with women, there were days where shopping with them felt like a day with a girlfriend. We laughed so much. We had such a good time, but it was still work. And not admitting that your business is a business and that business is work is damaging. It's damaging. It is. It is. It's damaging. And it's a lie, frankly. Yeah. It's a lie. Yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody expects my husband to go to work and be like, aren't you just having fun? Aren't you just here to hang out with us? He's like, no, I really... I like living indoors. Like that's why we do this. And know? no one calls him a, a boy boss, right? Like there's, there's a lot we could say about the difference between <sighs> men and women in that capacity, but that would be another hour. Of that would be walking. a whole, uh, we can do that. We can do that one. Cause I would love to have that conversation. The girl boss thing. Stop it. Just boss bosses. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole sentence right there. So one thing I want to ask you is, are there any good ones? Are there any ML companies that you're like, that is on the up and up, they treat people well, or is the model just broken? Yeah, no. Companies choose the multi-level mod model because it's profitable for them, not because it's helpful or profitable for the hundreds of thousands of consultants who shill the products. So other than the very top, top, top echelon who's making money and the upper management, the corporations, again, pretty much all white men. Everyone's losing money so that the people at the top in the corporation can make money. That is the exploitative part is the multi-level 
structure. And if a company or if, if a uh, consultants from that company say they're not an MLM, that means they definitely are. So the fact that they're trying to differentiate themselves again, social commerce, uh, network, yes, marketing, direct yes, social selling, they use all these different monikers or even they try and say affiliate marketing, which is not the same thing. No, that is not the same. It's thing. very different. If you're joining a person who makes money off your sales and the person above the, the multi-level structure is what is bad about it. And, and as far as the products go, because people will say, well, like, oh, but the products are so good. It's like, as far as the products go, it's not that there's generally anything wrong with them, but they're extremely marked up compared to oh. any retail products because there's so many levels of pay built in them. I mean, you know, this, like you can, you can get the same jewelry, the same ingredients, the same, whatever, literally the same, because there's only so many things commercially available in the United States or imported from China or wherever this crap's coming from that can be sold in the United States. And so you can get these things anywhere for a lot less. The products are just how the pyramid schemes are allowed to operate. It's the you know, the biggest moneymaker is recruiting reps who buy into this system. Yeah, It's not about the products. It's not about the products. So, so buy products that you like from companies that aren't MLMs. And I'm not saying go through your closet, throw everything away that you have, you know, use it, don't be wasteful, but like, look at where you're getting your stuff. And yeah. if you believe what you have is the best, ask yourself who is telling you that. Probably the rep who's selling it to you. Right. Probably the company and their, their oh, own my. studies. Yeah. Like, that, cause that's not real. Well, I do think this whole social media and then the pandemic thing, maybe it's been very good in terms of shutting down this model because it used to be, if you could only get it from going to a party and listen, I will go to your thing because I like to leave the house and my life does not lend itself to leaving the house very often, right? Yeah. But that used to be the thing. You would go and you would be with friends and maybe you'd have a glass of wine. Maybe you'd have fun. Maybe you'd meet new people, whatever. That was sort of the magic of that model. Now it's like, go online and buy an overpriced thing and don't interact with anyone. Right. Well, and I think back back in the day when it was, you know, our moms and stuff, they were, you know, they did the Tupperware party and it's like, they were still MLMs, but they were uh, they were in an area, like you could only yes. be in your town, your neighborhood. Once yeah. social media came around, it's like you could, it spread like wildfire. And I think the, I think good and bad also now the constructive criticism about it has also spread like wildfire. And the pandemic did a couple of things. It made, it separated, right? So when you're an MLM, the thing that keeps you going is the constant like Zoom calls and the constant calls, you know, phone calls, text messages, and online or in-person events that keeps you consistently, you know, the retention events to keep yeah. you roped in constantly, they couldn't have those. And so that separation helped a lot of people be like, eh, I don't really like this anymore. I don't really, you know, this is like not cool. They got, they had some separation. They realized what they were doing was predatory and they left or, you know, kind of slowed down their involvement, but yet it also lent itself to preying on people again, like, Oh, we can cure COVID or here's a job opportunity for you since you lost your job. So it kind of was a double-edged sword. I, I do think the change though will come from, you know, the, the consumer level because now you don't really need to buy eye cream from your friend. Like you can go online. I mean, I can go talk to Instagram right now and like a thousand things will come in my feed. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, and I can buy them right now. It'll be yeah. eye cream. 
Yeah. yeah. So I don't need to support an MLM. So I think that, you know, commercially we have so many more things available to us that we can buy online. We're getting smarter about who we're supporting. And, um, I think on the consumer level is where these things will start to get, you know, shut down or at least a lot less popular. I hope so. I, I think you're starting to see that already. I, I really do. And, you know, at least we're over the leggings. People aren't staying up till four in the morning. Those things are hideous. flying hot dog leggings. Flying uh, why, no, I don't want flying hot dog, dogs on my butt. Thank you, but no. <laughs> so what would you say to our listeners who are in MLMs and either hate both of us right now or are thinking, wait, maybe, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be? Yeah. I mean, I think, again, ask yourself where you're getting your information Um, do a profit loss statement. That's the first thing I would ask you to do. And track your time, track Track your time. Exactly. Track the time, track the money and look at all your expenses, like your childcare, your, you know, products you're purchasing for yourself, you know, ask yourself where you're getting your information and kind of just start doing the next right thing. Because if, again, if your knee jerk reaction is be like, you guys are wrong, who's telling you that, Right. right? Because there's, you know, again, in my book, it's all publicly available research, all publicly available data. I couldn't find anything saying that MLMs were a good idea. <laughs> there is nothing out there except from the MLMs themselves. So look at where you're getting your information. Okay. That's super helpful. And what would you say to somebody who gets that hey hun message today and is like, I just need something for myself and for my family. What should I do? Yeah. I think ask those deeper questions. What something are you looking for? Again, are you looking for money? Well, don't spend $700 on a business kit, please. Um, are you looking for friendship? Probably don't go to that friend who's trying to get you to buy something or join them, right? Like, like let's join, you know, find an affinity group or a, a hobby you like. Um, a- again, just ask yourself those deeper questions of what you're looking for because an MLM is going to make itself fit that need. So find that need yourself. Don't, yes. don't let it come to you and, and try and fix you because it's not going to fix the, the issue you have. And I would say to those women who want to be a boss babe, who want to have their own thing, go start your own business. Literally, if I can do it, I started with $100. Mm-hmm. I, I bought the world's ugliest logo and I started the world's ugliest website for $100. I, I never owed anybody anything. And was it hard? Yeah. Did I figure it out? Absolutely, I did. I believe that every woman is great at something. And we shouldn't have to dull that so that you can fit into somebody's mold. And I am self, I'm I'm a small business bully. I fully admit that. If you bake me a good cake, I'm gonna help you start your bakery. If you, <laughs> you know, if you wrap a present well and like you should do that at the holidays, I think there's something every woman can do. And for me, having my own business is the way to have it all, to have the I'm showing my girls what achievement looks like, what hard work looks like. I am contributing to my family. I'm not going to retire my husband because we like his health insurance. (laughs) But if that's a need that you have, do it. Is it scary? Sure. Can you figure it out? Idiots figure out how to start businesses Mm -hmm. all the time and they're successful. I guarantee Mm -hmm. you're smarter than a lot of people who start businesses. So just go do it. Okay. I always ask for our listeners who are busy people and they are in their cars out on a walk, what would you like the one thing they take away from this conversation to be? Leave room for the possibility that maybe you aren't right <laughs> in, in every in every circumstance. Oh, I love I that. think no matter what, you know, listening to this, I think that will help you. 
I love that. I mean, honestly, every single area of your life, get curious about it. Mm -hmm. How many things would change if we all left room for the possibility that we weren't right? Right. Mm -hmm. And you know what? When you start to dig into it, maybe you find you're more right than you thought. Yeah, and you can, for sure. And you can defend your ideas or maybe you find, oh no, I was very wrong. Yeah. It can only strengthen your own beliefs if they're right. Yes. So tell us a little bit about the book, where we can find you, where we can find the book, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm everywhere. Um, all platforms is Emily Lynn Paulson. And my book is Hey Hun, Sales, Sisterhood, Supremacy, and the Other Lies Behind Multi-Level Marketing. And you can get it anywhere books are sold. There's audio, ebook versions. Um, always support your local small bookstore if you can. I always have to give a shout out for that, but it's available anywhere. And I would love to hear from you if, you know, reach out to me if you've ever been in the MLM and you want to share your story. And um, I'd love to hear how you like the book. So please reach out. Love to hear from you. We will have all of those links in the show notes. The book is amazing. You guys have to read it. If you've ever been in an MLM, if you were not one of the one percenters, I think you'll identify with a lot of what's in there. And, and maybe you'll feel like, wait, no, it wasn't me. It was the system. So go check out the book, go to the website, Thank you so much for this conversation. I, you know, I've been wanting to have this for a very long time and uh, you were just a wealth of information. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening today. If you're loving the Everyday Style School podcast, I'd like to invite you to become a member of the Style Circle. It's our monthly all access membership that gives you everything we create to make style easy so you can save time and money, have easier mornings and more confidence all day long. You get our seasonal capsule wardrobe guides, all of the master classes we offer, and our exclusive members only podcast, the Everyday Style School Extra Credit. Plus, you're invited to the Facebook community where you can get even more style support and inspiration. I would love to get to know you and support your style journey. It's just $19 a month, less than the cost of a clearance shirt you're never going to wear. Come join me and make your everyday style easier.